Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Just before we set off on a new adventure, season four i wanted to take a moment to express a little bit of gratitude and i want to thank the team at o'connell's bar in galway for coming on board as this season's show sponsor their support allows us to continue creating deep roots from some of the most extreme and remote corners of the planet allowing you the listener to get this show for free so hugely grateful to Pat and his team at O'Connell's. And since this is a storytelling podcast, I want to share a little bit of the story of how I am connected with O'Connell's bar. Some of you may remember O'Connell's were my main sponsor for my Everest expedition in 2021. But my association and connection with O'Connell's goes way further back actually as back as far as 1993 I bring you to the main rugby pitch in Goegians RFC it's a under 14s training session and I am standing out like a sore thumb because I'm about twice the size of any under 14 on that pitch until this session where a new player joins and Rugby and its um, values been what it is. Everyone is uh, accustomed to welcoming the new players when they arrive and introducing yourself. I was quite drawn to this guy because he was the same size as me. So I went up and introduced myself and welcomed him to the team. And he introduced himself as Pat. Probably Patrick, now that I think of it back then, but um, that was Pat Lonergan. And Pat is the owner of O'Connell's Bar and been a huge support of mine over the last few years in what I'm trying to do. So um, once again, thanks to you, Pat, 
and uh, your team at O'Connell's for supporting. And if any of you guys want to pay it back a little and show them a little support, feel free to pop into the bar in Air Square and enjoy a pint and a bit of great conversation. With that said and done, welcome to the new series of Deep Roots from the mighty Mount Kilimanjaro. Immortalized by Ernest Hemingway in his short story, The Snows of Kilimanjaro, at 19,340 feet, it's the most majestic feature and a landscape already remarkable for its grandeur. Welcome back to Deep Roots, to a new adventure, a new challenge, a new extreme, as I endeavor to climb to the roof of Africa, Mount Kilimanjaro, not once, but twice. Although Ptolemy of Alexandria made references to a snow-capped mountain in Africa as early as 46 AD, it was not until 1848 that German missionaries finally discovered the Great Mountain. But even after the discovery of Kilimanjaro was reported, geographers refused to believe there could be a snow-capped mountain so close to the equator. Not only will you witness my personal journey, but alongside me, three remarkable adventurers pushing their limits, challenging their minds, and living wholeheartedly. Since then, today's scientists and explorers have found the mountain to be even more amazing than the ancient myths and legends about it. Let's get climbing. Hello, and welcome back to Deep Roots, season four. I am currently strolling around a bustling hive of activity on the foothills of Kilimanjaro with porters, guides, and climbers all getting ready to hit the trail of the Mashambe route. There's eggs been packed into duffels and tents and fold-out chairs, watermelons, pineapples, bags of sugar. Every group has their own chef and his crew as well, so that at break camp after you and have it set up before you. So, um, basically, I am a long way from the shores of Galway Bay where I last talked to you. Bit of a different season coming at you this year. We have three protagonists plus myself all sharing our own individual stories and experience from the mountain. So I feel that'll be very interesting for people to get a look at the, the same undertaking, just through a different lens, through uh, the paradigms of somebody else, and have them so knitted together and comparable. At this point, you will find me at home after my two Kilimanjaro climbs. 
you'll have to follow along to hear the full story of how they went but now is the opportunity for me to introduce you to my fellow protagonists for season four of Deep Roots first up we have Frank who's coming to you just before we met up for our training climb in the hills of County Wicklow I'm off on a training weekend because I'm uh, uh, for uh, to climb a mountain called Kilimanjaro, and um, I'm fucking totally unprepared. <laughs> but I have a cup of coffee, and the sun is shining. If I start thinking about things and analysing them, then I'll think of a million reasons not to do it. So I just press click, and I haven't really researched it all because I figure, well, if I start researching it all. I'd be totally put off by it so I'm not excited about it because I have started looking in the last 24 hours and I have to buy a load of shit and I would be the most organised when it comes to doing shit like that like I just prefer to put on a pair of black trousers and a black t-shirt and um, so practical clothing has not been something that I'd ever ever think about but anyway what are you going to do um I'm not excited at all. Oh, great start to a movie. Um, No, I'm not excited at all. I'm kind of fucking... uh, I'm sure, I know in the thick of it all. So today is a two-day weekend in County Wicklow. I mean, that ain't bad. There's nothing wrong with that blue sky. And we don't get many of them here. Um, Mother Nature much prefers lashing rain in Ireland, that's for sure. Is that right way? Fuck's sake. You know, I've nothing to prove to anyone or whatever. I just want to see what it's like to climb a mountain. And I, and a part of me feels now it's just going to be a load of fucking pain. So hopefully there'll be there'll be a bit more than pain and endurance and resilience because life's too short, in it? And um, so there we go now. I better get off the phone here and do a bit of driving before my coffee gets too cold and so this is day one day uno let's see what the fuck happens from here as they say in the states next up we have Darren coming to you from 225 metres above sea level of course it's not very high but I'm based in the Netherlands and yeah this is as high as it gets really here Killy is 26 times higher than this point that I'm climbing on at the minute, but I got to get the training in somehow. So why do I want to climb Kilimanjaro? Simple is that I want to have my own story to tell. And that has been my, my why for wanting to do it. But recently, my girlfriend uh, found out that she's pregnant and we found out that we're hopefully going to have a kid. So I can't think of a better reason to climb Kilimanjaro and to have now my own story to tell, but also potentially I hope that I could tell it to my kid. And finally, finishing off our trio of protagonists, we have Mary. Hi, my name is Mary Clifford. I'm from County Clare, Ireland. Um, The reason I decided to uh, take on this challenge was uh, two reasons really. I had written down Mount Kilimanjaro as something that I I would love to do at some stage 
and simultaneously I suppose I've been following Damien as he was crossing the Atlantic on his amazing journey and so then when subsequently I saw it come up um, on LinkedIn I thought why not um, and whilst I was talking about it to a really good friend I was smiling from cheek to cheek so that really answered that question personal goals um, keep challenging myself keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone uh, strive to do my best and, and be the best I can be I'm also climbing this thing twice so seven day trek five days to the top two days down have a day's rest day and a half's rest and then go back up with a second group where we'll have uh, two or three people sharing their story so you'll get double bubble uh, in terms of people's experiences I've done this before actually nearly to the day uh, 10 years ago I was on the other side of this vast footprint of a mountain at the Rangay route um, on the western side and um, incredible experience um, I'd never been to a high altitude mountain summit before I'd done a little bit of hiking in the Andes I think called the Lares Trail uh, 10 years ago this was my first time uh, taking on a summit and uh, a new experience into uh, I suppose the the entry level high altitude mountain which is Killy um, and uh, it was a bit of an unexpected trip so I had planned I was still playing rugby at the time I was with Leinster and I had planned to How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Overland through East Africa from Nairobi to Kigali in Rwanda. And we go through Tanzania on this big overland truck. 
a bit of Kenya, a lot of Tanzania, Uganda, and into Rwanda over, I can't remember, 15 or 16 days. And I got to Dublin Airport and I was refused entry onto the plane. I was flying with Etihad at the time and I had this really old, well-worn, well-used passport. It was about nine years old and it had an air bubble on the picture page uh, from me sitting on it uh, during my travels. And uh, the reason they refused me was because they told me I wouldn't be able to pass through the Middle East um, passport check with a compromised passport. So uh, I had this frantic number of hours in Dublin airport where I was trying to find a way to uh, surpass the Middle East, so fly with like British Airways or KLM, and uh, because I travelled on this passport numerous times and I'd never had a problem, and apparently it was all locked up in the Middle East passport control, so I was like, well, how do I navigate that, and uh, the prices of flights to get to Nairobi were just astronomical, so last minute... So uh, after a number of hours of searching, I had to uh, kind of um, relent and uh, give up on that one um, and uh, headed back to a friend of mine's house, Noel Rabbit, who had dropped me to the airport, kind of licking my wounds. Uh, and uh, I was still kind of searching of ways to get there, but... At the same time, I started to look at, uh, well, if this isn't going to happen, what else can I do? Because it was in my off-season and time is precious and I was very much up for an adventure. So I um, I saw that there was a British company called Exodus who had one place left on a Kilimanjaro climb. So I was like, fuck it. Pressed the uh, button, paid for the trip and uh, spent the next 36 hours running around, literally running around Dublin city centre, uh, trying to get a um, copy of my birth cert and then get it to the passport office and get a new passport in the time that that flight took off. And uh, I remember one point um, running down Pier Street or a street just off Pier Street, uh, I had to get to this certain office to drop off some application and I had about six minutes and literally sprinting down the street, just made it in the door, got the application in, uh, and then got the new passport um, through in whatever, 24 hours or something. I'm not too sure on the timelines, but... And then it was on a trip to Killy last minute. Um, and, uh, and that's where the adventure kind of just really kicked off. Uh, had this... Um, you know, I wasn't. I was fit for purpose for rugby, but I definitely wasn't fit for purpose for um, uh, climbing a six thousand meter mountain or five thousand eight hundred ninety five meter mountain. You know, I was carrying a lot of muscle mass, and um, and that's not ideal. It's more muscle mass. Our, our muscle mass requires more oxygen to fuel it. So the more you have, um, the less it works in your favor for high altitude mountaineering. But, um, 
Yeah, and I and, and had a very little experience, you know, having not had exposure to that altitude. I didn't even have it kind of coded into my uh, nervous system, you know, have, having had some uh, kind of um, acclimation to it before, so which makes it more difficult. And then I had the whole attitude um, coming from rugby and just generally life of pushing, you know, of striving, of aggressive mindset to, to work hard to, in whatever goal you set yourself. And then, uh, as I was to learn towards the end of that Kilimanjaro climb, uh, that doesn't exactly work in your favour um, on mountains, um, particularly when you're, you know, built like I was at that time. So, uh, on the, the summit night, which is a, a kind of a, a, a 12 a.m., 1 a.m. start, you push through the night. And some people can get to the summit of Killy inside six hours and see the sunset and all that. But it took me 10 hours. Um, and then, uh, you know, I struggled, but I pushed and I pushed and I was struggling to get there. And it was, it was um, confrontingly uh, challenging. But uh, despite me, you know, being probably on paper the fittest, um, at least, you know, being a professional athlete at the time, you know, in my group, I would have looked the fittest. The, the reality is I was by far the slowest. So I got dropped out. The, the group naturally tins out anyway during the, the summit push, but I got spat out the back and I was left with um, a guide, a local guide, and he was adamant that I should stop. There's three points on Kelly, as you're going to hear during this uh, podcast. You have um, the first one is called Gilman's, which is about 5,600. The next one is called Stella. Stella or Stella, I'm not sure. And the last one is the summit. Uh, when he got to Gilman's point, he was adamant that I should stop. And I was adamant that I should go on. And we went on, we pushed on to Stellar Point, and then he was more than adamant that I should stop. And the thing with Stellar Point is the way the mountain is shaped, it kind of swings up um, and around to your, say you're looking at it, to your right-hand side. So you can actually see people making their way up the mountain, and you can see kind of the summit. Um, so, like, it looks close. So I was, you know... I'm just not wired to um, to stop, to give up at that point. So I pushed on um, after consultation with our head guide and uh, eventually got to the top after much huffing and puffing and struggle and striving. Uh, very relieved and happy. But um, when I eventually, after about 15 minutes, turned around to come down, uh, the the exertion or the overexertion and the push to get to the top and you know probably some lack of uh, hydration and staying on top of uh, nutrition throughout the evening uh, caught up with me and uh, had this long fucking long six or seven hours of coming down the mountain where actually the first thing that happened was I was maybe about 100 meters uh, off the summit and there was this big rock uh, probably three meters wide by a meter and a half deep 
And I was like, I just got to sit down here for a second. Now, I can't, it's hard to explain the, the, um, the effects of altitude on your body and how the, the levels of fatigue it has on you makes you um, make lazy or poor or um, not great decisions. So I, um, anyway, I went to plant myself on this rock and at this huge kind of wide thing and I half missed it and fell off the side. And I just lay there on the ground on the side of my shoulder, uh, just um, watching people walk by me. And they were like, you okay, you okay? And I was like, yeah, 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 I just got to stay here for a few minutes and eventually catch my breath and lift myself up onto the rock. And, uh, oh, actually, I think we're going here. So I'm going to pick up this story in a few minutes on the trail from the rock. But uh, we're about to hit the trail and everyone's waiting for me. So I'm just going to pop off. Cheers. So where was I? I'd fallen off the side of the rock, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I was just lying there, kind of on my left shoulder, just looking up at people, and I had no inclination to move. And there was plenty of, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, fine, I'm just, just taking it easy for a second. Uh, and eventually I did get onto the rock, and... Um, and so started the descent from your nightmares. So after that point, I, um, not that I knew this at the time, but I, um, had a AMS, acute mountain sickness. And after that point, um, I kind of had to move in five meter segments. And that was because that was all I could manage uh, before absolute exhaustion hit me. Um, and it would take me roughly four to five minutes to recover before I could move another five meters forward. Okay, five meters, you know, maybe sometimes it was a little bit more, but not much more before I'd have to stop and uh, take a number of minutes to f recover, to calm my um, breathing, to regather enough motivation and energy just to move another five meters and another five meters and another five meters and another five meters. Um, and my guide, uh, with his limited English, you know, I could tell that he was getting frustrated. Um, there was a bit of tension there between us because um, I was frustrated. I was frustrated with the situation. I was frustrated with him being frustrated with me. Um, and I also knew that there was a, a long road ahead. Um, and it was racing. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, they talk about on Killy, there's this scree slope that you surf and I, I want to put that word in virtual inverted commas down um, so I, I knew that there was a part of the um, descent that you know despite my ultra fatigue state due to um, acute mountain sickness 
that um, if I could get to it, then things might look a little bit different. So there was a kind of um, hope more than expectation that when I got to this point, um, <laughs> I don't know what imagery was in my head, but it definitely wasn't an image of what the reality of surfing down a scree slope on a mountain was. Um, but I, I think I had um, a more literal interpretation in my mind that I was going to somehow uh, <laughs> surf down this mountain, if you get what I'm saying. Um, but uh, we eventually got to the ski, ski slope and my, uh, my hope was dashed in terms of like I, I realized that it was um what they mean by that is that like it's it's not so um arduous on your body and particularly your joints and particularly or specifically your knees which going down hill on a mountain can be um because the 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 movement of the scree underneath your foot almost acts as a um a shock absorber so that you can move a little bit faster and a little bit smoother but you know it, it, it definitely didn't live up to the, the hopes and expectations I had in my mind so um, even that you know dashing of hopes you know took a bit of a, a mental hit um, or gave me a bit of a mental um, uh, hit backwards um, but uh, I could see these two figures at the bottom of the scree slope um, coming up to me. Um, what I didn't know at the time was that was two um, poor porters who had been given the uh, unfortunate task of coming to my aid <laughs> halfway up the, the summit um, to Kilimanjaro. So eventually um after many uh, more uh, stops uh, on the scree, uh, these guys reached me, and it was one under each arm, and uh, and and they didn't like. They, I'll put up a picture when I post this um, episode, but they didn't weigh um, together. They didn't weigh. I think what I weighed at that point. Um, I'd say, you know, if they were 60 kilos wet each, they were doing well. And they were, as I said, given this uh, task. But, um, yeah, so uh, they um, they reached me and, and we did start to kind of move a bit faster down the mountain when they were able to, you know, my, um, my levels of um, exertion were taken up. They were taking the load, basically, my load, um, blessed them. And... Uh, um, and the guide was still acting like a fucking petulant child, but that's a story for a different day. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we eventually got down to um, the uh, Kimbu, uh, Kibu Hut, K I B O, Kibu Hut, which is um, which was where we started the, our ascent of the our summit night push. And um, my whole, like that was. 16, 17 hours um, from when I left and my whole group had been back at that point 
uh, hours ahead of me like some of them were packing up their bags so the, so the process is or the the, um, the schedule the way they work it is that you can actually if you're um, if you're quick enough and you get back to that keep you hot inside a certain time you can actually put your head down for an hour or two hours and get some kip before you continue on down the mountain because um, they want to get you off the mountain as quickly as possible they want to get you to as much of a lower um, elevation level as they can as quickly as possible um, and I just when I got to Kibu Hut I was adamant like I couldn't couldn't go any further like I was so fucking exhausted I, you know at, to that point in my life I don't think I'd ever felt um, anything like this like where you know any sort of level of um, force generation like any sort of level of movement was just crippling in its um, in its uh, fatigue so um, after much discussion with the head guide and um, the guide the English speaking guide that was part of our company um, they were adamant anyway that I couldn't stay but they said they'd let me have an hour sleep even though I was so far behind the rest of the group so or half an hour sorry but it turned out they gave me an hour in the end but uh, yeah one of the first things I did when I got into the tent was uh, puke all over it and just slept there beside the puke that's how fucked I was when I was walking an hour later I was incredibly apologetic <laughs> to uh, to the um uh, the porters who would have had to go in and clean it up and to just anyone involved in the um, the company they they were very keen to get me I you know I was I mean going into tangents here but I was I was I was um, more than happy to clean it up but they were very 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 keen to get me moving down that mountain as quickly as possible uh, yeah off we went and uh, it was the head guide the two uh, porters and my my the main the, my guide from that summit attempt and summit um, day night uh, and I feel there was somebody else with us as well I can't really remember but um you know it's it's a long way down the mountain um, and I didn't really understand how far we were going like I thought maybe we were going a couple hours but it ended up in about four or five hours and the head guy kept doing this thing to me where uh, I'd be like is there much is there much more now I started to feel a little bit stronger as the elevation um, lessened but um, the head guide kept saying to me uh, sorry I kept saying to the head guide is there is there is there much longer like because I was so fucked and he was like do you see that ridge over there and I'd be like yeah he says the camp is just behind that and then uh, we'd um, get to that ridge point and uh, pass it and there'd be no camp and I was like okay right <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later I'd be like is it much further and he'd say do you see that ridge line there way in the distance and I'd be like yeah yeah I can see it he goes the camp's just past that I'd be like all right, yeah, grand. And this this must happen four times, and I was like fucking fuming because I was so tired. Like, and he was fucking me about, and he wasn't doing anything for, you know, when you're when you're in that state of outcome orientation, like when you're thinking about um, 
when you're focusing on the result, the outcome, that's not within your control. So that puts you in a very weak mental state. And I was in a weak mental state and I was, I was just generally fucked. Um, and he kept doing this thing to me and it really bothered me. Um, but one of my abiding memories of that night is um, when we eventually got into or got into the just before getting into the camp where we were sleeping that night, having to get the two porters under each arm again and really like really struggling to camp like so it's just so fucked from I don't know how long I'd been gone to go at that point probably close to uh 21 22 hours you know and little to no um fueling and obviously lost a lot of uh I was dehydrated and all that so I was proper fucked but um uh so the two lads I remember being pitch black and the two lads nearly carrying me into camp and finally getting into the sleeping bag and and that was uh yeah getting getting my head down for the night and never I, I, you know what i don't really remember what that felt like but i'm gonna um i'm going to guess that it felt very very good and i was very relieved to get in um and get the head down and uh yeah the next day then just was a short hike out a short hike out and i felt uh, um so much better like the next day after you know food water sleep uh rest and all that but um yeah so that was my uh, killy experience and that's the that's the worst in terms of how altitude has affected me that is by far the worst um i felt that every time i've gone back to altitude after that the the exposure has always helped my adaptation um the next time um so uh thankfully uh, i've never had any kind of ams or you know any edemas or anything like that since that so yeah so uh, and i'm back again 10 years later here i am um excited to by the challenge of um ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Doing it twice, back-to-back, but... Just excited about sharing the experience with um, a really, really, really good group of people. Um, you know, I've I've done this format of signing into group, signing up, and um, to mountaineering experiences in groups many times, and I don't know if I've ever had a group as uh, I don't know on the. I just feel a very synergistic energy throughout the group you know a genuinity and the sincerity and the authenticity and uh uh yeah just a an attractive vibration of everybody so yeah excited to get going so uh welcome back to deep roots to season four and um, keep striving for more from yourself. Cheers.
again. I hope you enjoyed that first episode in our new series from Tanzania and the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro. And just a quick closing thank you to our new show sponsors, O'Connell's Bar, Air Square Galway. If you're lucky enough to find yourself in that great city, my hometown, make sure to pop into O'Connell's for some quality pints, beautiful pizza, and a friendly and welcoming surroundings. You will be warmly looked after. And be sure to visit their website at www.oconnellsgalway.ie and follow them on Instagram for the latest updates on any special events at O'Connell's Galway. That's at O'Connell's Galway. Cheers and keep striving for more from yourself.